On this week's show, Megan describes her experiences at the Black Lives Matter demo in Berlin, which just became the first German state to pass an anti-discrimination law. Not that the police unions think they have a problem. Also, why won't the German government count racial profiling cases? It's a new Megan's Megacan. Hello, everybody. Good evening. It's another Megan's Megacan. I am Megan. We're here in partnership with ex Magazine. I'm also here with my mild hangover, <laughs> but on a much more positive note, the lovely Conrad Werner. Hello. So- <gasps> oh, oh, damn it. <laughs> so close. So close. close to getting that right. Uh, how are you today? Are you doing better than me? I'm fine. We, we should say we're recording this on a Sunday evening, not on a Friday, so it's a yeah. kind of a, quite a different vibe. Usually you get like excited fire abend Friday, Megan. Yeah. You are not getting that today. <laughs> no. No. We're getting the, the, the existential dread of a Sunday evening. Slight Megan. existential dread, yes. Um, for, for lots of reasons. But why don't we have a cocktail in a can just to, you know, take, take the edge off? Yeah, that'll make you feel better. At least in the short term. At least in the short term, <laughs> yes. It's a short term solution. So I was in the supermarket yesterday, uh, Kaufland, and I saw some things. And I remembered that you really liked the lemon Gorbachev vodka mega can. Oh, yeah. That was so nice. I thought I wouldn't get you that. I would get you two <laughs> other variations on that and give you a choice, both of which are likely to be quite disgusting. Right. We have a Gorbachev mixed. Oh! I thought, oh, I thought they were both Gorbachev. It's not. One is the P2 Premium Caipirinha. Okay. And it's got a prawn on it and a lime. But not a prawn in it, I hope. Well, let's hope not. That would be awful. Like a prawn cocktail mega can. Jeepers. Uh, but the other one is the uh, Gorbachev Mixed Sex on the Beach Club Edition. <laughs> The club edition. Is that what all the kids drink in the clubs? God knows. Well, the clubs are shut. Probably because of things like this. Being shut down. Corona's like, no, no more sex on the beach. Club edition for you. So they've had to like ship them all from the clubs to the Spearties so that people can drink them in the comfort of their own homes. Yeah. Two metres away from each other. Well, we'll see. These are also in the in the, the taller cans, like the slimline cans. Okay, so good. Uh, which one would you like? Uh, I'd like the Sex on the Beach Club edition, Yeah, please. you would. <laughs> you can always tell what I'm about to choose, can't you? I can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably before you, even as you're walking up the stairs. Probably. Right. I did actually think I was going to be left with the Sex on the Beach, but I'm now thinking that this has got, I'm just left drinking rum again. So what always happens when I like branch out from our usual things, I end up drinking rum, which I never want to do. The options are always slightly more limited than you think yes uh, okay. okay let's let's drink cheers cheers oh god it smells like meadow oh my god i don't okay do you know where this is taking me back to this is taking ibiza me... <laughs> this is taking me close it's taking me back to a my first holiday without my mum in Turkey when I was 18. Oh, wow. And we had 
a bottle of that peach schnapps. Oh, yeah. What's it called? Archers. Archers, yeah. And we drank that. It tastes like that. I'm so glad I'm not drinking that. I can't drink Archers at all, ever, since New Year's Eve 20... 2001, I believe. No, 2003. 2003. Yeah, it's very much a drink that you... That, that for, for a certain... For the young drinker. <laughs> Absolutely. The, nobody should be drinking. It's, for, it's a drink for the... Archers and lemonade used to be my drink until it really wasn't. Yeah. But it's... um Yeah, it's weird. I guess Sex on the Beach has got some kind of peach thing in it, generally. Yeah, I, I think know. it does. It's like peach and... I don't know. Vodka, maybe? It's interesting because the, on the can you can see that the uh, the Gorbachev eagle, which is which is, he's looking all stately on the main thing, mm-hmm. and then down below he's flying around all mad in a big yellow sunset. Oh, color. so he is. So yeah. he's like he's like really day to evening. <laughs> he's like fire and eagle at the bottom. Yeah, he's I've like, just got go. this prawn and a big lime, and I I really don't know how well this is going to go down. No, well there you go. Anyway, okay. So, it's been a big week. It's been a big week, and we have a lot of very important stuff to discuss. And I think it's also kind of important to point out that we are, obviously, two white people about to discuss a lot of uh, this week's events to do with the the protests that have been happening in response to the death of George Floyd. I don't know, I've been thinking a lot this week as I think a lot of people have been and a lot of white people and non-black people this is a really difficult and I spend a lot of time mouthing off my outrage in response to stuff this like my white liberal outrage and I think it's not really enough I don't even know really what I'm trying to say but I just kind of wanted to voice my own discomfort and it's probably discomfort that a lot of people are thinking or feeling and it is definitely discomfort and and uncomfortableness and and sort of shame that as people who are not members of the 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 black community should be feeling you know everyone's sort of thinking like okay well what do we do and how do we how do we do better and i i don't really have any answers to that but i guess i just kind of wanted to address that 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 is kind of there i think for for a lot of people so Um, you you went to the protest yesterday i did go to alexander platz Yesterday, along with um, an estimated at least fifteen thousand people. Yeah, it was crazy. Full disclosure: I wasn't there for a huge amount of time, but it was like an incredible experience. Like we kind of had to. We arrived at Alex, and it was like the train was full, and like the majority of people would say, "On that, we're going to it." It was you couldn't like we had to. There was queues like coming out of the U-Bahn stations and stuff. Like it was really, really full. They stopped people going after a while. They had to block people off. Yeah, I think they were kind of, I couldn't, it was also very difficult to kind of, you know, when you're in one of these things, like I couldn't, and I'm also quite short, so I couldn't really see what was happening, but I sort of managed to get around the whole of Alexander Platz, like the Platzy bit, and the kind of little uh, roads around it were all kind of full, or at least on the, yeah, and it was crazy. It was quite a strange demo in lots of ways because it was a silent demo. So there wasn't really like a stage or speeches or any of that. There wasn't necessarily that much of a a focal point, but it was incredible to see like so many people there and so many people from very, very, very different walks of life. I think when you like all of the communities from what I could see seem to be like represented there, like a lot of young people, a lot of kids. Also quite strange to be at a protest where like most people are wearing masks. 
the vast majority yeah. of people wearing masks. But that which added- actually wasn't that weird. I don't know whether I was thinking about this. I don't know whether it's because my eyes have adjusted to seeing people in masks now. Uh, how did the uh, how did the people react to the police, and how did the police behave, as far as you could see? Um, from my experience there on the ground, I don't think I actually saw any law enforcement. To be honest. Oh. Um, there were 800 officers there. Yes, I don't... And I'm usually very, very aware. So I was at the protest at outside the US Embassy last week. And that was obviously very... I was very aware of the police presence there. But yesterday, not not so much. But I guess I was only there for like a little bit. And I wasn't really in the main kind of big bit. Because you couldn't get in. It was too full by the time I arrived to kind of get into the thing. Right. But there did seem to be reports there of were. like a few things and you were telling me there was like quite a few arrests made 93 arrests and there were also in i should also say that this wasn't only in berlin it was all over germany in it every was. big city there were yeah. similarly sized protests in and there was particularly violence there was some violence in hamburg that's like to be explored. hamburg that's where there's a really big left-wing scene there and there's mm-hmm. often trouble when the police yeah. come out in hamburg um but also you know I think that the German political establishment has, has been quite taken aback by all this. I think at the start Good. of the week, yeah, they were very much like they didn't even comment. Like no one in the in Merkel's government commented on what was happening in America until maybe Tuesday, mm-hmm. or maybe Monday or Tuesday. Like up until then, it was like it was just oh, this is a domestic issue in America, and it quickly became clear especially towards the end of the week, that people were taking it very seriously all over uh, the world and in Europe. And there were big big demos happening in London and in Paris as well Mm -hmm. and in Tunisia. And I think that... And you could really see that from the way that the the police reacted. And also the Berlin government was very quick to announce that it had just passed a new anti-discrimination law. Yes. Which it had been working on for a while. Yes, uh, but now it said like, oh, by the way, we've got a new anti-discrimination law, which also... Which then... was passed on Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah. And tell me a little bit about this anti-discrimination law. Surely discrimination is illegal anyway. Yeah, but only in certain contexts. Right. <laughs> I mean, it is. So it's what is it's it... basically <laughs> illegal in the sense that it's, it's against the constitution. Yes. There's a bit in the German constitution which says you have to, you're not allowed to discriminate. We never discriminate. Um, right. But in terms of actual laws that withhold, uphold that. Yeah. So, but what the uh, complaint has often been, especially when it comes to the police behavior and police brutality and, uh, and racial profiling, which is a really big problem mm-hmm. and happens all the time. And, and uh, there is no recourse for people who feel that they have been a victim of racial profiling or, or police abuse, mm-hmm. um, racist police abuse. Up until now, according to the according to this new law, that you can sue individual officers and you can call them to account for their behaviour, mm. and that is quite new, and that might have quite a big effect. At least, judging by the reaction of the CDU and the police unions. Mm. They seem yes. to be quite. They seem to be taking it quite seriously and saying, and so the police unions are sort of saying that, um, yeah, the, the, that they that now they can't send police officers to Berlin if there's any. If as often happens, different police forces from different states get sent somewhere for football yeah. matches or whatever. Yeah, and then they, they, they were, they're threatening with not sending them because of 
um, then they would be then, then they would be liable for um, any of their behaviour, and they would also put the a burden of proof on the police person, on the police officer, rather than on the uh, the uh, the alleged victim of of the violence. Um, yeah, um, that's that's not a great reaction from the police union or the no. uh, the ruling, you know, well, the, yeah. the 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 CDU or the union, you know, CDU CSU. Yeah, that's. Well, police unions in general are very defensive. I believe this is a, a thing in the United States as well, that police unions are always like the more hardcore right-wing version of the police. They're the more politicized, not, not right-wing, but they're, they're the more politicized version of the police. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, they're not they're, left they kind of No. But they're like, they're the, 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 they are not, like police unions are not afraid to make political statements in public. Yes. In the same way. Well, as, that is kind of um, what, like, unions do. Right. But it seems very, very strange to me because, like, I, I was looking at some of the response to this law being brought in and being passed in Berlin, particularly from, like, CDU politicians, and I'm, like, genuinely quite appalled that some of them would actually utter those words considering what is happening globally this week and, and the protests that have been happening in not just in America, but in German cities. Yeah, and they... Uh, the lad down in Baden-Württemberg, Thomas Blinker. Of the CDU. He's the, like a CDU politician down there. He is. And he said, Germany is not the USA. We don't have a racism problem in the police. Exactly. And I just... It's so startlingly either willfully ignorant or just this just lies like like how can you be so i mean i know you're a bloody cdu politician down in baden-württemberg but how can you be so out of touch and also if we don't have a racism problem in the police and and you're asking people to have faith in the legal system because that was the other argument that people were making like there already are anti-discrimination laws that exist and if people can bring it to court and da 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 if you're asking people to have faith in the legal system and the officers who are employed as police officers to uphold that law, then why is this anti-discrimination thing a problem? Are you saying that people are going to misuse the law? Is that something we do? And then in which case do we trust any of our laws? Or are we saying that it's maybe not like you can't have both things. You can't say we don't have a racism problem in the police and then be unwelcome to anti-racist laws i mean they just don't want any scrutiny and they don't want to think about it they well, don't want tough. to think about their own their own system and their own structures in in how the, the how the police operates it's like, the same like uh Jörg, i can quote someone Jörg radek he was the deputy chairman of the gdp police union he said anyone who is who accuses the german police of latent or structural racism was either show, either showing serious gaps in their knowledge about how the police works or is trying to exploit the measured response of forces for party political purposes. And but that was like they're fucking insane, mate. Not you, him. What was his yeah. name? Jörg Radek. Jörg, what the fuck? Like what? But that's all that's like that that's kind of what you'd expect the police union to say. But what was slightly more shocking is that this week um, some crime figures also came out and it was pointed out in the regular government press conferences this is the crime figures for the whole federal government and uh, for the federal police so the in the reg- regular federal um, 
press conference, it was pointed out that they do not keep track of racial profiling no. or or even crimes committed by police officers. And they don't count those. Um, so it's not so much gaps in our knowledge, it's gaps in their records. Exactly. And there is no, and there, there are no official records kept of racial profiling incidents. And that is a big problem because that stops, when you don't keep records, it means you can't um, analyze or do anything about it. You can't like, you need to, like, it's, that's like the necessary first step is to uh, get some numbers, you know? Uh, assess how big a problem it is yeah um, particularly if you were living in a society which we are that doesn't actually listen to the experiences of right black people living in germany apparently. so in the uh this was put to the uh federal interior ministry spokesman in the uh, press conference this week and he said these are the uh, talking about racial profiling he said these are to my knowledge individual cases when measured against the size of the organization, meaning the police organization. And then he said, nevertheless, every individual case is taken seriously and included in our structural reappraisal. So what you sort of say, I mean, it's the kind of, it, there's, a, there's a real blindness to it. There's a real blindness to acknowledging the problem. And that is a, a, a state level that I think is, that, that kind of bleeds into everything else because as soon as you wheel out the whole this whole bad apples argument you are you are refusing to acknowledge that the bad apples actually poison the whole system yeah and what you and need the system is set up to protect those bad apples because they right. can go to their unions and their unions will close ranks around them as unions are required to do like a lot of the you know i'm in a union as a teacher you know and that is what your union is 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 kind of supposed to do but it like when we have this and that is what we mean by structural and systemic racism like these these things are set up to protect the people who are already in in par and it's and it's, it's yeah shit and you but, need you need active rules in place to prevent the racist bad apples doing racist things and getting yeah. away with their racist shit that's what you that's what you need and that's what they are doing let's let's be clear just to you know do our homework here they're they are doing racist stuff aren't they the german police yeah i mean there are plenty of examples they, let's they, go through some okay the yes. probably the most the one most famous was uh in 2005 in dessau uh and a sierra, sierra leonean asylum seeker called uri jalo died in his police cell he was burnt body was found in a police cell uh after you know it was like a, it was a, he was, and basically he'd been taken in because he was out on the streets. There'd been a, a scuffle. He was tied to the bed and the police said afterwards that he managed to free himself, produce a lighter, even though he's obviously, he'd obviously been searched before he went into the police cell because he was supposed to search people, produced a lighter, tore open his fire resistant mattress and set fire to the lining, the stuff inside, the stuffing of the mattress, which is like, quite hard to do and that was the police explanation for how he died and there was like a lot of this has went on for years this is this is like a long time ago now it's 15 years ago it went on for years there was independent medical examinations autopsies different prosecutors took on the case different prosecutors <laughs> left the case it, it took ages and the upshot of it all was seven years later one police officer was convicted of negligent uh, of negligence like that his negligence negligent manslaughter was his negligence had had maybe led to the death of this guy and he was he got a fine of 10,000 euros that was that was his punishment and, and all the other officers on duty never have never been convicted of that and it's just 
that is just like one of the one of the these cases where it's clear that racism played a role and that no one is prepared to and it's clear that the the official explanation doesn't make any sense of how he died there have been other independent uh, examine medical examinations and tests that were done which were not admissible in court which found that he couldn't have set fire to himself without the help of lighter fluid without some yeah. kind of fire fire lighter uh, they also found he had broken bones before he died so it seems like and, and even one of the prosecutors one of the german prosecutors said afterwards i think there should be a murder investigation based on this new evidence you know yeah. this is like this is i mean that's just one example this, this yeah. is kind of the, one of the most famous examples that happened a few years ago but mm-hmm. there have been a lot of other similar cases in the early 2000s there were a, there, there was a practice of using emetics you know like there's a like a vomit inducing uh, chemical they, they they kind of force feed you and, and when they catch drug dealers they used to force people to take emetics so that they would vomit because they thought they, they had, had like drugs inside them so that has been banned in the meantime, but a couple of people died also of African origin in the early 2000s from the use of these emetics. Only three years ago in, in Berlin, there was a case, it was 2016, four years ago, when uh, an Iraqi asylum seeker was shot dead outside a refugee home because he started running towards the police and they thought he had a knife, or they said that they thought he had a knife, but he didn't have a knife. And because they'd found a paedophile in the refugee home and the guy was running over to apparently attack there was like a weird altercation he was apparently trying to attack the paedophile that the police were trying to arrest and the police just shot him dead and stuff like this happens quite a lot in the, well it's, it happens it happens every now and again what I'm, the point i'm getting to is as far as i can tell the only difference between the american police and the german police is that the american police is highly militarized yeah they have much more access to like proper military equipment and they are all armed all the time so they're more likely to kill people if they get the chance and also the other difference is i think that african germans aren't as bigger um uh, aren't as visible a part of the population as african americans are and they aren't um they aren't noticed as much and i think these cases when they come and go they don't really take a big um they don't really make a huge press impact like they do in america which is every now and which is also like awful and this is again part of the work that like we all have to do because i'm sitting here hearing this i'm like absolutely horrified and i'm also like you should know this already it is all of our responsibility as uh particularly as as white people to educate ourselves about the horrors and what you've spoken about are just the kind of the really extreme cases that rightly should be should be discussed and and everyone should be outraged over but you know there's the countless things that happen every day the kind of interactions between police and and black people here in germany that is that is not reported have you said in in police things that it's like it just doesn't happen and then people say oh well they're just like isolated incidents but if you actually listen to the experiences of black people living here and black germans it's just it's part of their every day that they have to deal with day in um and day out and it is our unbelievable privilege to be able to educate ourselves about this rather than experience it and know it experientially rather than and I hope that this is like I do definitely feel and I, I'm not sure why this is suddenly because we've had instances like this where something huge happens in the States, like just 
the the absolute horror of what happened to George Floyd, and I think like it, it's inconceivable. But you know, we've we've sort of had kind of awful, awful cases like this before. But it seems like it's really like, and I I don't know whether it's because it's happening in these weird COVID times and we're in this weird situation, which is which is terrible for so very very many people, particularly um, people of color, in many situations. As a as a world, we are all weirdly experiencing, you know, for once, like this this thing. Like I think every country in the world has had some kind of response to COVID nineteen, and as such, is I don't know. Maybe we're all just a bit more focused on our collective humanity. Also, I think people have more time to like go out and and protest and things like this. Yeah. Yeah, well, people aren't. I mean, a lot of people aren't going out to protest as well because they're worried about it, aren't they? Which is, like, which is also fine. Like, I did have a bit of a moment yesterday when it was getting like quite close where I was, and I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure we're all safe here. You know, even though it is outdoors, we're incredibly close to each other, hmm. and it's absolutely fine for people to not want to protest because there is so much other stuff that people can be doing. And also protesting is great, but it is also a very kind of performative form of like, as if you are a non-black person, like a performative kind of like form of allyship. And there's lots of other things we can be doing, giving our money to organizations. Yeah. Who, did, who have you, who can um, you give money yeah, to? Yeah. So I have, and I, and I know that lots of other people have been, there've been lists circulating on social media about organizations in the States that you can donate to. I think I donated to one... I saw a particularly horrifying video of like a young black protester who was being very peaceful and sending messages of like love from the front, like kneeling, I think, to the police in front of him who were all in riot gear. And they just came out and lifted him and like arrested him. And it it, it was anyway. So I think like there's things that you can donate to uh, cover the bail of, yeah. of protesters like that in lots of different cities in America. The bailproject.org. Good. That's one of them. Yeah. I would also really urge people in Germany or with ties to Germany to look at organizations that you can donate to here because it's really important. And I think also this is a wake up call for all of us. This is not as the CDU would like to have us think a US problem. It is absolutely a, a worldwide problem. There's an organization who have their headquarters or like their place in vetting called Each One Teach One. And they work for the empowerment of the black community here in Berlin and in Germany and they also have like a Keats library and they do kind of uh, education stuff and stuff with uh, youth um, so I thought they were very cool so I've been making a donation to them if you're in a position to do so and we can also consider making these donations not just like a one-time thing um, even a very small amount of money you can you can maybe have a look and think right okay could I give like the price of a mega can every month to this organization um yeah there's one called yeah. the campagne für opfer rassistischer gewalt cop mm-hmm. berlin.de cop mm-hmm. with a k that's one of them um for victims of racist violence uh there's also the initiative schwarze menschen in deutschland mm-hmm. in deutschland i think isd you can donate to yeah and others. also a lot of people are not it is a very very difficult financial time for a lot of people all the time and with covid like even more so there's still things that you can do which are important and and i think a really big one is just to to educate 
yourself and educate yourself in a responsible way. You don't need to be maybe seeking out black people and asking them about their experiences because these experiences are are well documented and we have not been listening. So there are so many amazing podcasts and articles. Yes. There's a Uri Jalo initiative called Break the Silence. Mm -hmm. You can, uh, if you Google initiative Uri Jalo, you can find that. Um, And uh, I think the German Black Lives Matter is connected to that as well. Um, Um, There's also having awkward conversations with people in your life (laughs) about this issue. Have you had any of those? Um, No. Well, a, a few. And I think as as a teacher, that is another thing that I have been doing to some extent and trying to make sure that there's like a range of voices in my classroom. You know, as an English teacher, I, I get to the enormous privilege of, of like discussing these issues through texts with, with students, which is a really great thing to be able to do. And I have not been making enough of that and not making sure that like having diversity in a curriculum is fine, but I'm really not committed to like having an anti- racist curriculum yes uh so you can have conversations with the people in your Mm. life it's tricky and the other thing is like it's this is a really difficult conversation and if you are not a black person like you are you're gonna feel awkward and that is okay and you are gonna fuck up and you're gonna say the wrong things and it's and it's okay and if you are well it's difficult because people don't like it when you call them racist no and uh, people react in in a very emotional way if you call them racist and i think also and i think i think we have the wrong conversation around this and this is something that people have been talking about an awful lot and you see the thing is like it's not enough to be non-racist you have to be anti-racist and I think this is this is the problem. We should all be working, and particularly our institutions, like our educational institutions and our policing institutions and our legal institutions. We are never going to eradicate the prejudices that we are born with. We can be the most kind of try our very best to be educated and empathetic and all of this stuff, and we're never going to be like not racist like that. It and if we keep having this idea of like someone is either a racist or not racist, then it. It leaves no... The aim is to kind of be anti-racist, to, to look within ourselves, to look within our things and, and unpick all of this stuff rather than getting defensive about it. And yeah, that's what the police need to do as well, please. Yes, that is true. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Is that everything that we wanted to say? Yeah, I think uh, so. I'm afraid I haven't got any um, like funny news stories to end with. Well, I think that's, that's that's okay. I don't think we need to. Sometimes we, we can to. get by without funny news stories. And sometimes it is really, really important for us to sit and not try and make ourselves feel better. Okay. Not even drunk on my mega can. <laughs> yeah. There are also other um, demos happening if you are comfortable putting your mask on and doing that. There's one uh, happening uh, on Sunday. So that's Sunday the 14th where they're stretching like a... A band of solidarity from, I think, the Ziegazoyla to, I don't know, somewhere near, like, some, like, Neukölln, I think. Um, What's the band made of? I think people. You can can also do it from your own home if you live along the route, or you can do it online, and that is with Untilebar. Right. Uh, which is the organization we've talked about before who held a big kind of anti-racism marches last year. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then there is the sort of on, and I am going to check this date, definitely. It's towards the end of the month, which is the official kind of Black Lives Matter Berlin um, protest in March. And that is on Saturday, June 27th at 1pm, uh, Alexander Platz then going to the Siegesäule, the victory column. Oh, right. That's going to yeah. be massive. Yes. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.